Welcome to Modifier, the show that dives into the climate crisis in Belize. I'm Andrew Habet, and Digna Ramirez will no longer be on the show as of this episode. Digna has achieved the status of full-time employment and no longer has the flexibility to produce the show in the way that she felt was up to her caliber. So it is with great sadness that I announce her departure from Marafaya and hopefully she revisits our shores at a future date as a guest. But today I bring to you an interview with another Marafaya collaborator, Alexander Evans, who is the composer for the theme song. He is a musician, a composer, and one of the founding members of the Belize Afro-Indigenous Institute for the Visual and Performing Arts, who is presenting an event on Emancipation Day, August 1st. You can find more information about that event at the Belize Afro-Indigenous Institute for the Visual and Performing Arts. This interview, Alex and I talk about what Belizean music is, the relationship between Belizean culture and its music and values, as well as get into the nitty-gritty of how he went about composing the Modified theme song. We really hope you enjoy this, and thanks as always for listening to the show. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, Andre. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I was really wanting to have you on because, as I've told you recently, that a lot of people have contacted me when talking about the show, have specifically pointed out your theme song that you composed for it as one of the reasons that that they really enjoy the show and that it really is a setter for the entirety of what we're sort of going for with Marafaya. And so I really wanted to have you on and uh, and just get to talk to you a bit. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I also appreciate the, um you know, the positive feedback from from your listeners and, and everything, you know, um, whenever you um, and I know that it's it's you, you probably have a similar experience, you know, with creative writing. But, you know, when you compose something, you know what the intent behind it is, like, you know what you hope. <laughs> you know you you know what you hope to evoke in people you you know what the result you hope to have is but you never really know how it's going to be received so it, it you know it's really encouraging and you know it, it warms my heart that that has been the, the type of feedback that you've gotten what has been your trajectory so far in being a musician and being a composer how how early on in your life do you feel you set down this path to be honest i think that i i kind of like decided to go down this path i don't even know if i decided to go down this path or if or if this path just chose me <laughs> yeah um but it happened pretty pretty late on in life, relatively speaking. Like I didn't really start playing music until I was almost out of high school already. Um, which you know, for for most musicians, I think especially most career musicians, that's considered pretty late. Um, yeah, if you're not holding a violin by the age of four or something, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Four is is kind of like a typical. <laughs> starting age for a lot of these a lot of these musicians so you know that in and of itself has been very daunting throughout my my mm-hmm. career you know but um i started playing the guitar and then i was like okay this is cool and then i started kind of like picking up the bass guitar a little bit um i picked up the drums a little bit and then when i was about uh 18 or 19 i joined um pantemter's steel orchestra and started playing this steel pan and 
um you know but never never receiving any kind of like formal training or anything like that mm-hmm. but just really looking back at it i could say just really having uh, a, a love for music but also kind of like having almost almost like an intuitive understanding of of certain things without without being able to articulate it um so then a little bit later on i was asked by the then president of niche Ms. Diane haylock too they were like hey we want to start a steel band program um we wanted to cater to quote unquote at risk youth. I said yes, even with the li- like limited musical experience. Like I said yes to to directing it. That's how Pandemonium Steel Band started. And through going down that you know avenue, I got the opportunity to visit Trinidad and participate in their um, annual Panorama, which is um, for those who don't know, that is like the biggest steel pan competition in the world you know we're talking like here in belize we're accustomed to seeing steel bands with like maybe 15 20 30 35 people the most there you have like on finals night you have 10 bands of 150 people each competing and the 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 level of intricacy of of some of those compositions like if you were to like just literally transcribe those steel pan arrangements for like an orchestra it would be like it would rival some of some of the works by um by like Beethoven Berlioz um I would say more of the romantic era composers based on 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 the style and the, the vocabulary but yeah it's 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 really something to behold and you know as time kind of went on I started to realize you know if I want to continue because by that point in time pandemonium had you know reached over 60 young people and i realized that if i want to continue to to teach and if i want to continue to to pass on knowledge i need to i need to level up you know um so then i applied for ue saint augustine in trinidad to do a bachelor's in music and sorry in musical arts and I got accepted, became the first Belizean to ever attend UA St. Augustine for that specific degree. <laughs> and you know, without without getting too much into into the into the hype and the accolades and stuff, I'll just say I did pretty well. And um, outside of that, I also got a bunch of opportunities there to 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 really, and this this I think is the important part to really experience Trinidadian culture on a level that not even a lot of Trinidadians get to experience um, because of the privilege of studying, you know, something, the creative arts in a place that is so rich in culture and that has done so much to preserve their culture. It really afforded me the opportunity to operate within spaces that, you know, know, speaking to, to my other Belizean counterparts, who were there at UA and in different programs, they just really didn't didn't have those those opportunities and weren't exposed to some of the things that I got to. And I think that's one of the parts that I'm most grateful for. And it kind of gave me almost like a shift in my focus in coming back towards, okay, Mm. culture needs to be something that we 
have a radical transformation with the way we see it yep. in Belize. So talking about that, then I'm, I'm glad you took us there because I wanted to ask you more specifically about this aspect of music and culture in Belize right now. I, you know, I hope I'm really off on this, but I feel like Belize recently hit a moment of um, musical stagnation in the culture where it seems like with everything that Ande Palacio and his generation, the Griffin Collective, were doing, sort of honing a new sound for Belize, that seemed to, I know the Griffin Collective continues up to now, but there wasn't, it didn't really birth a new renaissance of music in the way that I think people expected it would. We have popular pop musicians in Belize, yes, um, but it, they, it doesn't, I don't hear a distinct sound really coming out of the, the country um, at the moment. What are your thoughts on that? And and who are the people that you feel are are, are leading the way towards a type of sound I, that is I agree distinctly with you Belizean? That, you know, we, we do have some some young and popular musicians and, and artists and performers that that are making a name for themselves. Um, but you the trying to think of the best way to approach this. Okay. So when 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 you talk about culture, let's let's start there. When you talk about culture, right? The cultural music that is of belief. We're talking about um Garifuna music, which you know includes Punta, Punta Rock, Paranda. Um, those those tend to be the the most um popular genres within the Garifuna culture. Then we talk about the Creole culture, who um, has I believe done a much worse job at preserving our cultural music. Um, because people know about Brockdown, but there's also two other um popular, well, two other um prevalent genres of Creole music in Belize, Belizean Creole, because Creole is is something that exists in in many different countries and um and has many different versions. But when we're talking about Belizean Creole, K R I O L Creole, <laughs> we have you know Brockdown, we have Kunjai, and we have Sambai, and then we have um Maya music, which I'm admittedly less familiar with. And then as we move outside of the music that is specifically Belizean, then we start to move towards the music that kind of gives us cultural identity um on in context you know when we're talking then we start talking about our um latinx identity and we start talking about our afro-caribbean identity and then we start gravitating more towards reggae dancehall soca um and what i think the the main thing that i find concerning is the fact that there's music being created in belize you know a lot there's a lot of new music coming out there are a lot of artists that are going down this path but there is such a small percentage of belizean artists that are creating belizean music and when i say belizean music i mean music that was developed within belize music that is representative of the cultures that we have in belize and like i'm not yeah. saying i'm not saying that every okay so belizean artists should only be allowed to make paranda or only be allowed to 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 make brock donor you know I'm, I'm not saying that at all you know i i love so many different genres of music one of my first i mean probably like one of my longest stints as a musician was in a rock band <laughs> you know like we used alternative rock hard rock covers is you know so i'm not saying that we should put strict limits on the type of music that that we are allowed to create but at the same time if we 
look at how much of a norm it is to not be creating Belizean genres and music. And we apply that logic to other countries. We look at Trinidad. Imagine a Trinidad where they're creating music, but none of the music that's coming out of Trinidad is soca. None of it is calypso. None of it is chutney. Imagine a Jamaica that's producing music but none of the music mm-hmm. that's coming out of Jamaica is reggae or dancehall. To take it even a step further in, in, in ridiculousness, imagine a USA creating music. They're putting out music every single day, but none of the music is rock, jazz, pop, gospel, country, blues. None of the music that developed in America. When you put it in those terms, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's almost it's asinine to think of so why is it so commonplace for us as Belizean and I think that what it what it really comes down to is like you said things just kind of fell off and if you really look at it the the Belizeans that have made the biggest name for themselves really on an international stage are Belizeans that were doing Belizean music you know you talked about um you know, we talk about Andy Palacio, we talk about the Garfuna Collective, who, as you said, is still is still, you know, doing things. Um, and even to a certain degree, on an international level, the Garfuna Collective's music and Garfuna music on a whole, in a lot of circles, in a lot of cultural circles internationally, is synonymous with Belizean music. When in truth, we have so much more diversity here that is just on tap. But even when we look at, you know, um our other greats like Lila Vernon and uh, Mr. Peters and Lord Raven, like these are people that used to go on tours in the region, go on tour in Europe, go on tour in America, performing Belizean music, you know, music that is ours. And I really think that this lack of a focus that we have on our own culture and our own selves really, really leaves a vacuum where we don't have a strong sense of identity. We don't have a strong sense of who we are as a people. And so because there's that vacuum, a lot of our young people, you know, instead of gravitating towards what is our own, we gravitate towards the culture and the music of people in other countries that look like us and that have similar histories to us. No, that's all really well said. I I do get concerned about the loss of that because it seems demonstrative of some, you know, broader issues of of no work being done to establish a sense of shared shared values because that's what culture does, right? It transmit values. Mm-hmm. We're perhaps right now in a point of greatest collective discombobulation i feel where we're we're really once you get out of school and you're out in the world your world dramatically shrinks and that's not unique to belize but it is something that seems to have become more prevalent and there's there's not cultural works there to sort of reattune us and realign us together yeah absolutely absolutely and and you know that that process of that process of cultural erasure is very 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 you know post-colonial and and is very um you know is very much something that we learned from from the oppressors you know what i mean definitely well i i really appreciate you coming on to to talk about the theme song a bit um so you were just going to do a, a bit of a walkthrough right the the song itself um, I really, I really enjoyed when I first heard it, and I still, up to this point, when I'm editing, enjoy listening to it. And it feels like something that is out of like an adventure show. Um, and I guess I'm just really interested in hearing you talk about how you proceeded with the composition in whatever way you like. So one of the things that I do have to mention is that a big part of why it 
turned out the way it did is because of you. It's because of your um. So I'm the type of person who one of the, the thing that I love most about music is that music is 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 such a huge part of what music is involves these intrinsic beautiful dichotomies. You know, for example, and I think the mo- the easiest one to explain is that music is very 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 logical and numerical and mathematical. Music is math. Like don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Music is math. You know, if if there is anything happening that creates a sound and if that sound happened, let's say for example, 220 times every second, what we interpret it as, what we hear it as is is that note we hear it as an A that when I pluck that string that string is causing the air around it to vibrate 220 times per second which we call 220 hertz um sorry no that's 110 this is 220 and I know that because mathematically the ratio is two to one which is a perfect octave which is you know what we call it in musical terms so really music is just about different vibrations at different frequencies and how these vibrations interact with one another that's part of it at the so music is very 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 logical very mathematical but at the same time music is deeply emotional and that's why we love it so much because we love music for how it makes us feel and the thing that i love most with that intrinsic dichotomy is exploring the space in between figuring out and and studying why do certain why do the interactions between certain frequencies make us feel a certain way and i think that's one of the things that i first said to you when when we started talking about it which was be as explicit as you can with how you want the listener to feel when when they're listening to this opening and every single time that i've asked you for for a description you've given the best and most vivid um descriptions and explanations of 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 what you want and not just relaying to me um emotion that that you would like evoke but even situations in which you might feel a certain type of way just to make it even more relatable so a big part of how the the opening theme turned out is because of you and because of your ability to um to express what you wanted from an emotional perspective so i feel like i just had to start start there it was an honor to have you be willing to compose something so i really felt like it was on me then to make sure i didn't waste your time and my means of doing that was to try to be as specific as possible and what I wanted it to sound like, because I know how, you know, as, a, as an artist myself in my own regard, I know how taxing it can be to make something and then for it to potentially become a back and forth where somebody ends up asking for something entirely different. And then, you know, I, I, I don't like that switch up. So I guess I was trying to avoid doing to you what I feel annoyed by when it's done to me. <laughs> Well, I, I definitely appreciate that. And um, yeah, I, I think it worked out well for both of us. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about like how you then translated that prompt into, into the song we ended up? So there's... There's really four elements to it that 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 I could talk about. There's there's harmony, there's rhythm, there's timbre, and there's ambient sounds, or what what you would also maybe call like sound sound soundscape. I think what I what I really tried to do was to use these four elements to complement each other in evoking the emotion. So I think 
maybe I, I could start with with the kind of like you know recalling the the, the outline or the, the description that you gave to me because you you said that you wanted something that would almost immediately like disorient and make the listener feel uncomfortable and that there would be um I can't remember if you actually said that the you know a sense of urgency or if that's just something that I interpreted from what you said <laughs> okay that that was something I included, yes, because the way I had hoped for musically that you got so well to me was this was the panic that understanding climate change comes with, followed by a, a moment of processing and reckoning that leads to the sense of inner peace that is needed to induce the world peace we need as well. I felt like it was a very ambitious desire that I had that when I heard your piece exceeded. I felt a lot of confidence in the show, knowing that that part at least that we had succeeded at. Oh man, that that makes me so happy to hear. Like, thank you so much. Yeah. So you wanted it to like very quickly disorient the listener and make the uncom make the listener uncomfortable. Also introduce a sense of urgency, but also you know right after that give kind of like a sense of comfort. You know, not necessarily too much comfort. Like okay. You know, things are going to be okay, but we still have to have some very difficult conversation and, um, you know, playing with that, with that um, contrast and then eventually ending on a note of, of hope, you know, um, I interpret it as like a note of hope. You could describe it as kind of like a sense of inner peace, but whatever it is, it's, it's very much an optimistic kind of like ending to all of it. So in terms of like so just going through those um phases like step by step i started with and you also you know helped so much in providing just like nature sounds as well you know some of them from from different um you know different areas within the country and um i i used i used a, a, a good bit from that so the first thing that you hear is actually just kind of like a very tranquil nature sound for like maybe one second and then very quickly um musically what's happening is you hear this chord kind of like fade in um, which is not a very you know pleasant sounding um chord so what what that is is that it takes a couple of of musical intervals that are very unsettling to 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 human to the human ear and it just plays them right there but what i did was i played them on the pan and had it fade in so it goes from quiet to loud instead of you know typically when you play a steel pan there's like a ping and the note very quickly rings out and fades away so what i did was just reverse that so instead of starting off loud and then quickly fading away it started off silent and then quickly got loud which um because of because of those frequencies it's very unsettling and the other thing that i put along with that at the exact same time is um you had some really nice recordings of like howls from like howler monkeys and i don't know if you could can you can you remember the first time you heard a howler monkey like just in in its natural habitat yes i was when i was at nations and i went to um the baboon sanctuary i remember that and there was howlers in the area and they 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 howled at <laughs> us from the trees they i tend I, to do I distinctly that. <laughs> remember that because because it was terrifying and and um you know when they howl they sound like they're very close but as i only found out in my research and when i you know cre created that when i recorded that sound that you used in modifier that i learned that Holler monkeys just vocalize so loudly that you you can hear them from ten miles away. 
Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, that's that's fascinating stuff, right? And you I think you got it dead on like it's terrifying, especially if you don't know what that sound is and you're just out and you 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 hear it. Um so I really like the idea of using that sound to also heighten that feeling of being unsettled. And even for me like even now knowing exact knowing what a howler monkey sounds like, for me it's still almost otherworldly in 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 the way it sounds you know so very quickly that kind of like just builds for like maybe a second or two and then we get to where like the instruments come in fully you know where you have the guitar and you have the drum and you have um a couple other things going on um so now speaking about this about this section right um in music there's there's this thing there's this idea of of mode right um and i think this is something that i that i mentioned to you as well on one of the other projects that we were working on which is a lot of times we're taught to think about tonality as either as binary you know something either has a major tonality which equate to being happy or it has a minor tonality which we equate to sounding sad or sounding somber or sounding contemplative um depending on the context but the truth is and i won't get into like a full lesson of of you know of all the different modes and and all the different characteristics but thinking about modality instead of tonality gives us so many other options when it comes to approaching the feel of a piece of music. So based on the description that you that you gave, I decided to write something that at least mostly starts off and focuses on the Dorian mode, D Dorian, which again, skipping over all of the fancy explanation, it is pretty much just a C major scale, but it centers around the note D. It starts on uh, D minor in this case. And the reason why I chose that mode is because it's kind of like a halfway point between um, a regular major tonality and a regular minor tonality. So it's happier than minor, but sadder than major. Um, and also depending on what part of the scale you use, you could, you, you know, you could evoke some very specific emotion. So this chord that, that builds up in the beginning, when the instruments come in, it resolves to to that to that d minor which is you know where where it centers around so then the movement goes from a d minor 7 to a b diminished b half diminished i apologize then it goes and that's within the segment where things feel most urgent most dire almost you would say most depressing like those you know, those are very somber sounding chords. And then it continues to 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 go down the scale by a third. And then it hits this of a major chord finally. And that's where you get that first kind of like reprieve from from the from the from the dire sadness, from the depression. Um and it's brief because then it very quickly goes to an E minor and then it comes back up. F G and then it goes to a G7. And when it goes to that G7, um, because a G7, again, I spoke about the tritone earlier, which is a very um, dissonant sound to us that wants to resolve to something a little more stable. The G7 has in that tritone, not as not as as you know as bad as dissonant as it does in the opening chord of the piece, but it kind of comes back. And at the moment when that chord comes back, um, and I'll talk about the rhythm and stuff as well, but the moment when that chord comes back is when the kind of like urgent driving drums kind of come back in. And it's also when we get that second 
second Howler Monkey Howl as well. That's like, okay, we had a momentary reprieve from the from the depression, but it's still something that we that we have to talk about. It's still an uncomfortable conversation. And then after it just kind of hangs on that G7 while the Howler Monkey howls again and we get those driving drums, it kind of just stays there for a bit and then it resolves to... And that chord is like a sigh, it's like a sigh of relief almost. Um, and then when we get back to that chord, it I also reintroduce the very tranquil nature sounds because I want to, when you're listening to it, to almost have that that unconscious link between the pleasant release of that final chord being linked to natural tranquility as well. You know, kind of like as to say if nature is representative of the feeling that you get when that chord, when that final chord plays. Um, so I think I think that that's like a, a good breakdown of what's happening harmonically, you know. So we start off with, yeah, we start off with just a very unsettling chord in the beginning. And then we go to there. just when all hope feels lost, we get a nice little major chord for a moment and then some more major chords there and then just a little bit more unsettling and then the sigh of relief <laughs> um and what i really wanted to do as well was to so that speaks kind of like of the harmony and also the 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 ambient sounds you know the soundscape sounds so um i really wanted to have the the rhythm very much you know complement complement that as well and one of the things that i did was the the first two measures are actually um in seven four they're in seven and one of the things that you do because we're accustomed to counting one two three four five six seven eight one two three right eight you know we're used to counting in twos we count in fours we count in eight naturally when we're listening to music those are what feels most familiar to us because it's it's what most of our music is written in it's it's the time that that most of our music is written in but if i just take away that last beat and i just make it one two three four five six seven one two three four five six seven i don't know but for me that feels very unsettling it feels like very very jerky very abrupt very like whoa what's happening i don't know what's going on but i don't like it <laughs> it's like when lupita nyango's character in and us is off the beat right where it becomes unsettling because the we're we're used to the symmetry of the beat but when she's off the beat it ends up you know being foreshadowing her ultimate lack of uh of belonging in the above world you know yeah that's that that's a very good comparison because that scene that scene was always so like cringy for me to watch <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly also in that moment you know talking about culture it's this mom trying to teach her children about her about you know a particular generation of black culture america african-american culture and and she's failing to do so like totally failing to actually embody the rhythm of that music um so so it ends up it's like it's one of those beautiful moments where sound and the visuals of the film are working so wonderfully in terms of you know almost subverting expectations with that count um i also took like a very a rhythm that we're accustomed to hearing and again because it's in seven taking out that last beat so like the primary driving rhythm behind that first um drum section is kind of like 
or at least that's what we expect to hear. So we expect to hear. Right, which is fine, but if we jump, but because it's in seven and we take out that one beat, it ends up being. So because we 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 again because we don't get what we expect and um it 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 cuts it short it's even further like disorienting um and then in terms of the the timbre and and the instrument selection there's two parts of it right <laughs> I'll be very honest and a part of it is just practicality um one of the one of the biggest limitations that I have in in creating music is that the virtual instruments that I have aren't great um you know because good virtual instruments are very expensive because what these companies do is they actually go in and record the actual live instrument so it's a very 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 expensive process to even get like so when if you buy like a good virtual instrument package that has like a solo violin they actually go in and record a solo violinist and a whole different like wide array of sounds that you could get from a violin and that's why they're so expensive um so a lot of my instrument choices were dictated by one instruments that I actually physically own and, and could play and record and also the virtual instruments that I have that don't sound too bad like piano like a snare drum um with the instruments that i have being like the guitar and the steel pan um so what i did for that first more unsettling section was i just took the guitar and, and put some distortion on it and that's where you get that first that before it gets and then when it gets to that to that g major chord then the distortion goes away it's more of an acoustic guitar um you know because what the distortion does is that it just makes it a little bit more harsh a little bit more menacing um a little bit more powerful a little bit more driven and then the same thing with the with the snares that are that are playing um the snare drum that's playing at the same time as well so then when it gets to that section that's supposed to be a little bit more reassuring a little bit more pleasant that's when you get the the steel pan coming in that it plays something like right and that's that's like a very it's like a very emboldening kind of melody it's a very you know you're supposed to kind of like like you said feel reassured when you get there um and the steel pan is a is a much is a much more is a much more pleasant sound like objectively pleasant compared to like a distorted electric guitar so um and throughout the the entire thing you also have these strings that in the first section are playing um very short very staccato kind of like like And then when it gets to the other section, the strings are playing more long, more sustained notes, more, you know, it's more lyrical, um, that, that open kind of uplifting kind of vibe. And then when it ends, you know, it, it very much ends on, like you said, with the primary thing being that acoustic guitar and just a lot more open sound so yeah it was really it was really for me just about trying to use the harmonic vocabulary the rhythmic vocabulary the textural and timbral vocabulary that i have combining it with the resources that you gave me in terms of the the you know the nature sounds and 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 what feelings those evoke and just matching it together with the music and kind of like have everything work cohesively to tell the the same story
I really appreciate you giving us this breakdown of the song because when you hear something that is cohere has a sort of cohesiveness to it, like you you mentioned, there's often it can often be easy to be left with the impression that this came together in a moment, right? Uh, but how you talk about all the all that's required to get everything to work along the same lines, um, it really shows how involving the composition process is and. It's really nice to know to to gain a new appreciation for the song and its quality and its just sense of um, sense of sense of narrative. I think I think that's something that with instrumental music, that's that's one of my favorite things is to is to engage with the emotional narrative that a song provides you. And with, with Modify, it always gives me a bit of inspiration for remembering what it is that we're striving to do with the show. What are your current ambitions for yourself as a composer and a musician what are you working on and are there any other projects that we can look forward to in the near future yeah so definitely on a on a personal level um i'm i'm working on i've been working on just like getting more content out there um which is so is so difficult sometimes because i'm a very turbulent artist guy <laughs> I, you know i i still you know struggle very much with having with having spells of like not really believing in myself fully not really feeling as if oh well nobody really want to hear my music you know like that and it's it's something it's something that goes deep and it's something that i'm working mm -hmm. on but definitely i'm working on getting more content out there on a personal level i um i am in the process of composing music specifically um to record as an album um when when you know when i'm at a point where where that's possible i definitely want to um i want to be ready um but on a on a on a wider scale and on a community level i'm i'm trying to and i mean this also echoes with with a lot of what i'm doing personally as well but i'm trying to put a lot more emphasis on cultural music um as i mentioned before the the creole culture in belize is we we need to do more with it we we need to we need to we need to do more you know because even let's not even compare ourselves to some of these other countries that have done so much more with their culture just comparing the creole culture to the garifuna culture you know as i mentioned earlier a lot of people equate garifuna music to belizean music and this is no hate on the Garifuna culture. This is no hate. This is actually me expressing my utmost admiration for, you know, for 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 all of for the Garifuna culture in general. And you know how how fiercely they've fought for the right to express their culture. And not just to do so, but to do so in a way that is at an international standard. You know, that is something that I think deserves the highest level of praise and you know, also the highest level of emulation. So I'm currently working with a young Creole drummer by the name of Musa Shahid, who is also right now the youth ambassador, the youth artist ambassador for Caricom and Carifesta. Um, and he's kind of like just been in the trenches doing a lot of the work. He gets the most enjoyment from teaching the Creole drums to young people. He he does it at whatever chance he gets, whatever whenever he gets the opportunity. He's doing 
doing that groundwork that needs to be done. And he has a a band called Drums Not Gone that, you know, they sing and perform and, and drum um a lot of traditional Creole folk songs that a lot of us wouldn't wouldn't even know. Like this is stuff that he this is knowledge that he's amassed from from being around elders like Miss Myrna Manzanares and Emma Young and from traveling and from speaking to elders from within the River Valley community and just kind of like learning some of these older folk songs just from from hearing them from some of these elders and he is embodying the work by 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 performing it and by teaching it and by passing and I remember speaking to him and he and I have a have a very good very good rapport and we feel very similarly about what needs to be done to to, Im- to Im- increase our collective sense of identity as 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 Creole people, but also as Belizean. Um, and you know, I told him with regards to to the band and with regards to what he has and w- with regards to what he has going on. I told him what you have is great. You know, what this is is already great. Like I I take nothing away from that. I my uh, intention is not to diminish that. But let's work together. You could put some trust in me, and we will take something that is already great, and we will make it world class. And that has been, and since then we've we've um we've taken the drumming and the voices. We've added some more voices, added some 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 um added some women to to the group to have that blend with the male voices and the female voices, and um added some guitar and some bass guitar, and uh, like really kind of like just fleshing the music out a little bit more without taking away the essence of what it is, which is sometimes a a balancing act in and of itself. So in in the short term, you know, I'm working with the drums not guns working with Musa Shahid and we um we are we we have a show coming up for Emancipation Day you know as many of the listeners would know this is the first year that Belize is officially celebrating and officially observing Emancipation Day and it's a huge deal um because this is such an important um such an important time for for us and for our Afro-Caribbean identity in particular and also for our for our indigenous identity as well. Um, and so we we figured, you know, what better way to to celebrate or to commemorate it than by essentially paying homage to the ancestors through music and through 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 the celebration of of our music. So on August first at four thirty p.m. Belize time, we will be streaming Sambai an Emancipation Day concert celebration, and this will be brought to you by BAIVAPA, B-A-I-V-A-P-A, which is the Belize Afro-Indigenous Institute for the Visual and Performing Art. Um, we will be streaming from the BAIVAPA Facebook page. And the what BAIVAPA is, is a nonprofit that I am in the process of, of building. You know, it's not something that really fully, fully exists yet, but because we're already doing the work, um, this will kind of be like the first official event that we that we're having. Um, and what the nonprofit is going to seek to do is to offer opportunities for artistic development and artistic expression using culture centered arts education. So in other words, we will be will be teaching music, we'll be teaching dance, we'll be teaching visual arts, we'll be teaching drama, but we'll be doing it from a perspective that puts our music our dance, our culture at the center. So you're gonna get the same, the same level of of technical training and the same level of artistic mastery and excellence that you need to to make it as an artist. But you'll be getting it 
while also being emboldened in your cultural identity. Um, and, and that's really that's really what the what the long term goal is for me. Um, and I, I, I kind of like saw it necessary to almost you, you could almost say forge my own path because there's so much infrastructure for this type of thing that does not exist here in Belize, you know. So in a sense, it's almost like like I'm doing the work and also creating the framework for doing the work while I do the work. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that because I feel similar sometimes in the realm of film. That's so well said. I think that's it. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for coming on Marafaya. Thank you for making the song once again. And thank you for being someone who is contributing towards this project of vitalizing Belize in, in a way that can potentially be a light towards something unprecedented. I feel like I am often considered to be a cynic by the people closest to me. But I also feel that right now in this time of great difficulty, I see the opportunity for radical transformation and it's going to take an all hands on deck approach with regard to every aspect of it, right? From making culture to making streets to maintaining those streets. This is a, a moment right now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where I feel like we are called towards being our best selves and we have the most responsibility right now to try to manifest those versions i agree 100 yeah thank you too thank you so much thank you so much for for inviting me on like i really enjoyed this conversation and you know hopefully you know you and 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 your listeners hopefully with with everything that i said you'll go back and listen to the opening theme and be like oh okay all right all right that's what he was talking about i all right i hear it i hear it <laughs> yeah we'll we'll play the whole thing at the end of this episode just to give them one more opportunity to do that all right great great thanks a lot thanks alex like the show please subscribe and consider writing a review for us over on apple Podcasts, as it helps to increase the show's visibility actually just write a review for us wherever you want to even on a lamppost if you like if you write a five-star review we will read it in a future episode our art contest where you have the chance to win 250 dollars belize ends july 31st 2021 we'd love to see your entry more details pinned to the top of our facebook page if you have a climate crisis or environmental story impacting belize you would like to discuss you can contact us at madafyah at gmail.com or message us on Facebook and Twitter at Marafaya. And be sure to hit the follow button. Thanks to Alexander Evans for providing our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at Alexander Evans Music. And thanks to Demi Williams for providing our artwork. And thanks to you for listening to Marafaya. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Rest when you can and find some shade. Oh,